Arg, grog. Hey everyone, it's the Sideshed Podcast with me, Peter Fickling, Kerry Warbis and Matthew Weir. Well, Kerry, you just said it's been a fantastic week. Um, is that in your personal life or the Archers? The Archers. My personal life's okay. It's ticking along all right. But the Archers was action-packed, I thought, this week. Yeah. So much going on. Lots of ups and downs with different characters. I was like, ooh, Debbie's back. And then I was like, oh, God, Debbie's annoying. We're going to need the bleep machine tomorrow, aren't we, to uh, cover your um, review of Debbie's behaviour at the end of the week? Oh, yes. I mean, in some ways she's right. Obviously, Brian has been awful and shagged around and caused grief. But I don't know if now is the time to reveal all of that to him. You know, no. she, she she literally flew back from Hungary and listed all his shags didn't he it, it there wasn't just Siobhan there was Caroline and Mandy Beesborough and he was like yes 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 all right <laughs> and she said and they're just the ones we know about she didn't just say that she she literally said he'd killed Jenny basically didn't she <laughs> I like the way Adam pointed that out she went well you know how he can never really you know it, like hear you out when you're saying you're sorry and Adam went so you just thought you'd say he killed mum yeah. <laughs> Before all of that, she was annoying me when she was going, um, shall I get you some packing tape? You know, the brown thick stuff. And he was like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, are you go? Oh, are you going out tonight? I can use the spare key. No, no, I just want a quiet night in. Oh, well, come to Kate's for dinner then. And she's like, I don't want to go to Kate's and I don't want packing tape. Just fuck off. And then she brought the packing tape round. And what happened? He was bursting Joy's bosom with a brooch. <laughs> Let's chuck an ad in and then we can discuss Joy and her potential relationship with Brian because I am very, very keen for that to happen. <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. So you said bursting a brooch. Is that is that a euphemism? Because I want to hear Joy, you know, and Brian smoking a cigarette after he's, um, you know, been in amongst the jewellery box. That sounds horrible, Peter. God, no, no, that really... <laughs> he's had sex with Joy. Box. I was say, when he's had sex with Joy, I want to hear the postcoital cigarette. I, that's a couple I really want to happen in six Ooh, months' time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, oh, brain. <laughs> I did say a bit ago. I know I'm no mystic Matthew, but I did. No, no, we'll get to that. Call Joy. Geordie Jenny, not that long mm. ago. It's an upgrade as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I don't think he, she's his type. Oh, actually, has he got a type? I don't know. She's got a fanny, hasn't she? 
<laughs> I was waiting for you to be listed when Debbie was reeling off all of his past indiscretions, Kerry. But just, oh, God, that would be so good. Can you make that happen? You you two are really magical with strange um, mishmashes of things. Can you can you just sort of go, Kerry Warbis? Well, let's go, see yes, him. yes, yes, all right. <laughs> let's see what happens when you return from Australia, Kerry. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I, I get give Matthew to see how I gave us an elegant period of time to make it happen. Now, <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to get in touch with Tamsin. Oh no, I don't want to get in touch with Tamsin. She's done bad work this week, very bad work. Uh, uh, I mean, her acting is always cracking, but I cannot stand Debbie. I don't want anything to do with her at all. There was a little uh, moment because one of the big things that happens in the Archers, it happens in any every soap, and it happened this week as well. People either miss what what someone is saying. Mm. as we had with Justin, the Coronation and the Eurovision mix-up. Or they don't let the other person finish. So the situation escalates, doesn't it, before they can explain themselves. Mm. And there was a really realistic bit of acting when Brian said to Debbie when she was on a run, what I do know, and she was talking and he just doubled down, didn't he? he went, what I do know is, and it almost sounded like that went in by accident. And they left it in because it sounded natural. Yeah, I mean, she hit the ground running with her naturalism. It was like she'd never been away, I thought. That was, it was good. And it was lovely to hear her. She's got an extraordinary voice. But before not too long, I was glad she was going back to Hungary. There was a moment where there was the hint that she might stay, wasn't there? No, they can't afford her. Yeah. (laughs) Well, even like once a month popping up. I was doing that mental maths when they would do us the scene today. I was like, they can't, they can't, they can't. And then immediately I was like, it's absolutely not happening. The idea that Tamsin Grieg's going to give up her, you know, career in Hollywood slash, you know, um, top billing on Channel 4 and ITV for Ambridge. Let's have the green wing represented by getting Tamsin back. And then Trevor Fry comes down and she falls in love with Julian Ryan Tut's character and they live <laughs> together. Actually, that's a good point. Yeah, I was... I, I mean, I've barely seen The Green Wing, but weren't they an item on that? Yeah, they were. It was really good, that. Yeah, my dad watched it. I haven't really seen it. But I kind of was thinking, but then they they, they did a little explainer afterwards. I was like, what does this mean for Stella? Then, Because Debbie seemed quite suspicious of Stella anyway earlier in the week when she was poking Adam about it, wasn't she? Mm-hmm. And Adam was saying, no, it, it, you know, it's great. We've got someone doing running the farm, which is what we always wanted. Brian could quite easily dispose of Stella. We found that out when her contract is up. Yeah, that's true. Do you think Tamsin, not Tamsin, what's her name? Debbie, that's it. Do you think she, because she said, you know, when she's in Hungary, she kind of imagines Ambridge as it always has been. And I think it took her by surprise that there were lots of things that weren't the same. I can totally relate to that. Can you? As a sensation of going back to places. And I think maybe the thing, the things she was saying about Stella were to do with that. It's just a protectiveness and a slight jealousy, maybe, that she's having the life she would have been having, possibly. So maybe nothing really suspicious. Yeah, no, no, I know what you mean. It, it just, she did seem a bit uptight, succession-esque about the fact that there was an outsider running the farm. Weirdly, of all people, it took... Adam to kind of calm things down. I tell you what, it's a pretty low bar when Debbie <laughs> said to Adam, well, the thing is, Brian won't even listen to you. <laughs> well, that's kind of everyone, Debbie. And also, what about the Hungarians who've got Debbie sorting stuff out? Yeah. She's an outsider there. So, you know, suck it up. Yeah, well, it ain't happening anyway, is it? So, yeah, mm. it was it was interesting, wasn't it? Because like um, Debbie 
kind of got worse and worse as the week went on and her kind of trajectory was the <laughs> exact opposite of Jim. At the beginning of the week, I, I, I was thinking to myself, oh God, you know, the recording of the cider shed is going to be awkward. Having to discuss the fact that Jim might be being a bit of a prick. And actually I'll say, I'll go as far as say he was being a bit of a prick at the beginning of the week, like this kind of like weird nimbyism, excessive, you know, turning up at a neighbor's farm to kind of protest. It was, you know, all a bit mm. formative and nonsensical, but you know, all was forgiven by the end of the week. His little loving with Chelsea, being taught how the internet worked. Um, then his very elegant little sachet out, no fucks given, as he kind of just went, oh, yeah, it's just been lovely. I'll give you a good review. Uh, always, yeah, always forgiven. I don't think he was a prick, though. I, I he? he, he, No, because he said, I know it is nimbyism a bit, but he, why is perhaps justified? Because why, he made the point he'd be fine with it if it was on the Borchester Road, which is where you'd think it would be when people, that's where the cars are going to be going past, isn't it? Here in Folkestone, there's um, um, Roger, so Roger Dehan, he's like a Tory, you know, um, uh, muddy pot who's like throwing cash around trying to sort of do up the town. Anyway, it's vaguely controversial. And down at the bottom of the cliff, he's building this huge, big modern development, right? So you walk along the beach and you see the big modern development. And then right next to it are some Georgian houses, big five-story tall Georgian houses, kind of two kind of terraces of them. And actually, if you put aside your kind of like um, familiarity with the architecture, they're way more out of context with the nature and the kind of like the, the shape of the cliffs than the modern buildings are. So everyone's like, oh my God, those horrible old buildings. And I kind of feel like actually, if you went around the village, it's like, the first time a telephone box goes up or actually like cricket completely dominates the green. It's why people, you know, people can't play Frisbee on a Saturday afternoon because it's bloody cricket being played all, you know, all the, for the whole day and it dominates it. But all these things that we sort of take for granted in as part of beautiful bucolic British life mm. are actually just sort of like, they're no, they're, they're, they're much worse than and our petrol stations a thousand times more of an eyesore than a kind of like, you know, um, charging station. I just think from a practical point of view though, how many cars go through Ambridge? Oh, 100%. Yeah, it's complete f***ing bollocks, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not not necessarily to do with what it looks like. It's just why the f*** are you putting it there? Agriculture and farming, you know, is a bit strapped for massive machinery and, and like, things sticking out of the ground, isn't it? I don't... Yeah, ugly-looking corrugated sheds and stuff. Absolute nonsense. Although I was very, very happy to hear Matthew being right, and I enjoyed, you know, was it, who is it? Justin was on the phone. Oh, I think they might be on to us. Or I'm glad we kept it. That was what he said, wasn't it? I'm glad I kept it uh, separate from Damara. He was chatting to his contact as if. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that as well, as if. It was thinly veiled, wasn't it? In the shop, you had Jim, you had David. He was buying shed loads of chocolate to stay up for lambing and I thought Hang on, has Jill been slacking on the snack making tusk tusk <laughs> for the sort of 110 year old who's normally cooking all the time yeah so there was Jim Justin and David all in the shop together weren't they talking about it and Justin was chucking out quite a bit of knowledge about the EV world and no one noticed so but we as an audience knew the enemy was within in that scene didn't we before yeah. that phone call, I think. Yep. To my untrained eye, it just looks like four standard eight gigawatt uh, units uh, in a standard L-shaped <laughs> array, ready to take anything from the Tesla to the new Ford charging models. Yes, nothing unusual there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bloody idiots, Jim and 
David, aren't they? I mean, it'd be good when it is revealed that Justin is all you know involved in this, all tied up in it. How do you think the famous archers, sorry, Ambridge class system is going to work? Because obviously David, who had to sell some land in order to pay off a debt to another minted person, and he's well within his rights to do so, you know. But then when Justin gets found out, I feel like, you know, will Jim will Jim have him up against the wall, the wall metaphorically? Will the village be in, in, in uproar? I think it'll just be like with Brian. No one's given Brian a really hard time about the poisoning, apart from Emma, I think, a bit, didn't she? You know, I think, I think Justin will get away with it. Like the Tory party. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. getting away with everything. Yeah, no, exactly. I don't think I don't think anyone's going to hold Justin to account. Well, in terms of the fact that he hasn't really done anything wrong, has he? We had a bit of chat about it on our Facebook page. I think it was T.R. Tox said that she thought this was quite out of character for Jim. There's a couple of people pointed out. I think it was Amber said, "Why isn't Mia all over this?" Yes, but it is green, so it is kind of up Mia's alley, I guess. I don't know. But little Cyrus keeps asking me about why we don't have an electric car. And I've been trying to explain to him the complexities of having, you know, how our beaten up old 2005 Toyota Corolla, you know, replacing that with a great big lump of, you know, rare metals and, you know, battery materials. There's a reason I'm not a parent, because I always think I'd reel off the uh, family guy line. It does a flashback of him in a museum. He asks the curator in the museum, why did the dinosaurs die out? And the guy just goes, because you touch yourself at night. <laughs> <laughs> We're all doomed then, aren't we? <laughs> oh, but why is it out of character with for Jim? I don't think it... Oh, I don't think it is, but other people do. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sort of asking this as a, you know, throwing it in there question. I think there's a false narrative, isn't there? Like, um, all, like the, the idea that all... Like all black people vote Democrat and all Democrats are therefore environmentalists and all environmentalists, you know, uh, so you start to, you create this kind of daisy chain of kind of positive associations. So it's like, you know, and it's like this kind of homogeneity and it's rude to black people to turn them into a kind of homogeneity and it's rude to left wing people to kind of deny them the right to also be anti-environmental you know like he isn't though he if it's on the Borchester road he's fine with it he's all for it it's just in a silly place but i think but the confusion comes because i think people see it in this kind of simplistic yeah eco equals good therefore you know it, it's weird that jim's against it like that he's he's mm. he's engaging in subtleties that most of us don't engage in i've got a question guys uh peter you might have to sell me, send me the bell signs for this if david had been arrested for dumping massive piles of hay on the protesters, would he have got out on bail? <laughs> oh, sorry, Matthew. No, no bells for you. That was actually funny. I only put the bells in last week because because I had I had no choice. There was no way of editing around it without <laughs> insulting them. So I, was like, I, had, I had to chuck them in there. It was it was ahead of its yeah. time, I think. Whatever the joke was, I can't remember. Oh, yeah, yeah, years ahead of its time. Uh, speaking of Brookfield, <laughs> I've got a theory. I haven't heard Adam in a nighttime scene for a long time. It's always just daytime scenes. I reckon Adam is a werewolf, and it's him that's attacking the lambs. <laughs> I thought it was Justin <laughs> fighting them. This is a bit pertinent, actually, because there's been a big cat sighting um, around the back of my dad's place. Oh, one of those. The neighbour who has lambs, they just found a single blooded paw of one of the quite, not fully grown lambs, but big enough. Lambs don't have paws. Hoof, hoof, you know what I mean. (laughs) 
Come on, Matthew. You're from the countryside. Little Matthew, growing up in the countryside, made it all the way to the Sire Ship podcast. <laughs> this is very relevant. So there's something picking off the lambs next door to Dad's. These big cat stories, are they always in the West Country? No, they're all over. I mean, you know, there was one. In, oh, there was one in Scotland a few years ago. They actually had to admit did happen. Like people just do daft things, like release lynxes out into the wild because they haven't got a license to keep. Uh, the famous one's Bobbin Moor, though, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. Bobbin Moor. Yeah, because the Dangerous Animals Act came in in the mid seventies, didn't it? And they reckon a load of aristocratic people had like <laughs> these animals. Kerry, do you like the way you said that? Matthew, you just said to me and Kerry, it came out in the seventies, didn't it? Like Kerry and I would have your memory for, for, for like <laughs> ancient animals. But the view, the, the sightings of these animals. Um, if you look at a diagram of them versus when this act came in, yeah, we're not going to do that though. You see, well, let me just do it right now. Uh, no, it it goes wildly up after they were mm. told, like, get a license of x hundred x thousand pounds or destroy the animal and i think a lot of people just released them bloody um, hell no. oh, yeah. i hope there is a big cat in ambridge well, that, yeah it could be quite fun they did say though it was looked a bit like a terrier and i i have no idea who has a dog that's a terrier in ambridge oh but this could be this could work quite well if it's if it's a um ruby which is a snappy little dog ruby just chews slippers he said i thought yeah i bet i bet Lambs, wool, slippers, and sheep. Um, you know the fact they called in Harrison to investigate was a bit of a worry. I, I thought, like, but he would have had Alistair put down every dog in the village. Yeah, <laughs> I know because someone I can't remember who it was said, um, oh, "Have you have you caught the uh, offending dog owner?" And he went, "No, no." <laughs> well, of yeah. course, Harrison hasn't caught anybody. Was this? They asked him in the pub just as they were about to have their meeting. He went, "No, no, I'm off. I'm off nah. duty." If you can imagine Harrison just like, for fuck's sake, don't involve me in crime, mate. It's a civil matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are they doing with that character? What, Harrison? Yeah. I mean, it's just bananas at the moment. Like Affair with Paul, make it happen. I think so. Well, Paul wants it to happen, doesn't he? He he remembers his Jesus, doesn't he? Well, via Denise, though, wasn't it? No, I thought the implication was he went, he saw him because he was watching Denise. Paul was in the audience. Maybe, yeah. Well, who knows? Maybe he enjoyed watching Harrison getting nailed. <laughs> yes. He's thought of nothing more since. He did sound quite disappointed when they were uh, when Harrison said that he was married, I thought. Yes, yeah. he definitely did. But he did that that made a better line later when he said he like really liked Eurovision, etc. And he went, Are you sure you've got a missus? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Paul is a cartoon homosexual, isn't he? He's ticking all the gay bingo card scores, left, right, and centre. He's got more camp, I think, since he's become a kind of full-time character. He's like skipping into the pub. Ah, yeah. Oh, I love that. With his um, flags, getting Justin to wave the flag. <laughs> and Actually, someone did at the Cider Shed pod last night and mm -hmm. said, wasn't Paul dumped on Justin's table at the Hunt Ball? And that rings a bell. It was either Paul or Rory. No, Rory turned into a little Nazi at the Hunt Ball and started like chasing people yes. around. Um, mm. within two seconds of getting back to Ambridge. But I think when they did the seating arrangement, Paul and Rory didn't, I think they got stitched up on the seating. One of them ended up sitting next to Justin. Oh, so is it wrong that, because he introduced himself, didn't he? Say, well, I, like, I'm Paul. I'd imagine they haven't got that wrong, but it did ring a bell. I'd have to go back and have a listen. You do that, Matthew. <laughs> 
I haven't finished looking at the correlation of big cats and the Dangerous Animals Act of 1976 yet, Kerry. Oh, by the way, quick quick little review, Kerry. We'll do a little um, review within a review show. Kerry and I had a little chat the other day about the fact there's a new MH370 um, video, the plane that disappeared. Mm. I watched it, all three episodes back to back. Uh, yeah. Kerry, it's, I'll save you three hours. They don't know where it f***ing is. <laughs> um. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. My mate, James, I was out with him last night. He said the same. <laughs> Actually, I'll swerve that. I was considering downloading it to watch on my flight. Deadwood, Kerry. Deadwood. Deadwood. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, oh, what a treat. I've touted watching that because I've never seen it. So we might get round to that. Speaking of Deadwood, Adam. <laughs> no, no. We've done him, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. No, it's still 10 out of 10 i, don't, I, I think that's probably the best segment i've ever heard yeah thanks lads but, yeah. <laughs> he um, was yeah go on no no go 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 you go no 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 i don't have anything to say oh come on you were just gonna launch into something you were like he was yeah. oh god so fucking good this week that's what you were gonna say <laughs> well i I mean, I have irritated you two by not being kind of like anti-Adam. I think it's just because he's stuck in the middle of all this shite. And um, I feel I feel a bit bad for him. The the thing I was saying earlier on with Harrison, like he, they've done some very strange things with him recently. Like uh, you were, you know, like now that he's basically completely thrown in the towel on trying to be a policeman, <laughs> there's all of this stuff with the Eurovision. There's the flirting with Paul, which... I think definitely happened. I was interested to hear you to say that they, you thought that Paul was disappointed that he was married. I know. I thought that I thought there was a little kind of a spark there. Oh, Harrison isn't flirting. He's clueless. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. So he's just like a, Properly. he's just like a, kind of like a mirror. He's just bouncing yeah. back whatever comes his way. So yeah. Um, and then, and then it's just mad that he's become this, that I, that he's the least likely Linda ever. It's insanity. Do you not think? Is he the least likely one to have loved the Eurovision for so long? Mind you, he did do that. I'm now getting flashbacks to, you know, do you remember when he did that strange celebration for something and he got loads of, he got an inflatable pool in the back garden and um, like fl- flamingos and stuff. Am oh. I imagine, am I having, am I hallucinating? We had a hot tub. Oh, that was it. Yeah, but he he went very camp with that, didn't he? Do you remember? Well, there was one evening that Fallon was in the hot tub and he did like a cocktail evening. Yeah, him and her. Yeah, and he was just yeah. it was during the monologues, wasn't it? It was like, there she is, my wife. Look at her in the hot tub. I'm just going to make <laughs> another daiquiri. Definitely <laughs> <laughs> not gay. That's my wife. I fancy her. I'm definitely, definitely not confused. Fancy the crap out of that woman. Yeah, I think it's my wife. I'm not entirely sure. It's a civil matter. <laughs> oh, Fallon, Fallon, love. Will you lie on your front and talk deep again, will you? There you go, lovely. Yeah, fantastic, yeah. <laughs> Have another daiquiri. <laughs> uh, um, uh, I mean, we've kind of gone past him, but I do want to just say how much David losing his shit made me laugh this week. <gasps> oh, my God, that episode... Let's talk about Monday's episode, which involved David sounding like a Dalek. Yeah, you I'm were as doing excited. it. I yeah, am God. dialing the number. <laughs> <laughs> there was that. It was real staccato, wasn't it? I know. What do you expect me to do about it? Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's so like a Dalek that could be made if there's a Dalek sound effect. I'm doing it. I am dialing the number. I know. What do you expect me to do about it? 
Something like that going over David's voice. <laughs> or Kirsty on 1.5. Yeah. It was so brilliant, that episode. I think, well, David just went absolutely postal. Ben was quite good with that. He was just going, let Jim do what he wants. <laughs> Calm down, Dad. You're not helping. But Ben, he's smearing shit on the walls. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. It's better than the way that you've decorated it. Pooper stinkius maximus. I love Harrison earlier in the week when he spoke Latin. He went, what? I don't speak Italian. He can't even fathom that, can he? He's such a cretin. He's such a good character because he is so vacuous, isn't he? That's a good point. uh, Some of the characters are written to be really thick, but you have very few are just sort of written to be kind of like absolute, you know, like two IQ points away from kind of like in hospitalization. (laughs) (laughs) Flatlining. Yeah, <laughs> but he, he's he's so nice he kind of gets away with it. Like no one, no one would ever call Harrison out for being stupid. Yeah, and also something to do with the northern accent. Well, it's like oh hello, you know, it's just sort of he can just get away with it somehow. Um, no one else has noticed in the whole village that he's absolutely. <laughs> Like it's just some cretin. But Dave, yeah, David going nuts was so good because he's been up lambing and carving and eating loads of chocolate. He's off his face, isn't he, with tiredness. <laughs> um, and then the other bit of Monday's episode was the intercom conversation <laughs> through the window. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Susan and Clary. Oh, that I was so laughing. It's something about the sound effect of the intercom voice, which is, can you hear me? <laughs> Asking each other questions about cheese. <laughs> and uh, so what's rennet then? <laughs> it's a sort of substance. Comes from the lamb's spleen, doesn't it, rennet? Does it? Yeah, I think so. Oh, maybe it's Helen who's tearing those lambs apart then to get the rennet out. I like um, Kerry's theory that she's uh, that Helen's got the taste of blood again, though. Yeah, yeah, she's going <laughs> round the Ambridge Fields, getting rennet for free from everyone's lamb stomachs. Rennet is a complex set of enzymes produced in the stomachs of ruminant mammals. All right, Susan. <laughs> we use lactococcus lactase the bacteria turns the lactose into lactic acid which helps split the milk Kerry, do, do you want to play play your curds right <laughs> let's go what temperature does the milk have to reach 60. 67 degrees, what? Oh, Fahrenheit? Celsius, I'm afraid. Uh, how long does it have to stay at that heat? Five years. 20 seconds. <laughs> and then they have to cool it to what temperature? Temperature of Justin's heart? It's 30 degrees. I liked it when George was um, asking her about the curds. And he went, I'd say they're firm, bouncy. I love getting my hands on them. And afterwards, you smell a cheese. George, we're not talking about Fallon. Talking about the curds. You've been wanking again. (laughs) 
Oh, gee, that's a horrible flashback. It just made me remember that the awful, <laughs> awful couple of weeks when George was pining after oh, yeah. Fallon. That was so cringeworthy. He just said out loud what Matthew's thinking. <laughs> I wrote that script. Yeah, I liked it. When he said, like, yeah, so what do Kurds feel like? Curdy? Do you not think he was making some good points, though? I mean, it's actually true. Like, that you, you know, would ask that sort of question, do you mean? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he, all he wants is his party, though, doesn't he? He was buttering her up. Like, shall I test you? And uh, I'd really like my party at your house. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> he said it's not absolutely in no way going to be a rave. So it's definitely going to be a rave. Yes. It? There's going to be people ODing on vape. George is going to be dealing curds at the back. <laughs> Are they doing Facebook parties about 10 years too late? Oh, probably. 3,000 people show up and there's a police helicopter. Harrison mm. would be like, yeah, exactly. everyone disperse. This is a civil matter. Yeah, at the wrong house, probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everyone who likes Eurovision, go to the right. Everyone who likes <laughs> the coronation, go to the left. He'll be terrorising the people at the laurels, won't he, in the police helicopter. All the... <laughs> Let's be having you get, get your pills out here. They almost look like real old people, don't they, Gaffer? <laughs> All these accents, I'm very confused now. I don't know where I am anymore. He said he, he went. He was off. Um, he was in a. He suddenly was in a Guy Ritchie movie. I would rather Harrison's doing a Eurovision party than a coronation party, though. That bit where Justin was like, "Do you know what? It was the. It was the f- <laughs> first time I had awareness of what it is to be a complete Tory bootlicker." <laughs> It was quite funny. Did it not turn your stomach listening to all that coronation stuff? Makes me nervous about how they're going to deal with it in the archers. And also, we're going to have like yeah. six to eight weeks of not Christmas, but Eurovision build up. Oh, I was just going to say, do either of you watch Eurovision? Yes. Peter? I've, tr- I've tried about four oh. times and every time I just, I'm like, no. And I've done the Wogan one. I've done Norton. I liked Terry Wogan and I like mm. Graham Norton. But, oh, you know... Watching sort of, I don't know, some band called something like Svangard dressed up like Vikings, kind of like with lasers in the background, yeah. screaming, caterwauling. They won it. <laughs> I've been watching it since since the 70s. I liked it before it was ironic. You were there, weren't you, Kerry? <laughs> were you in Svangard? <laughs> I got it wrong. It was Latvian, wasn't it? No, it was. they were fin- Finland and they were called Lordy. That's it. But me and my brother, we used to watch it when it was properly, you know, hours long and no hint of irony because it was so bizarre. We knew it was terrible. We said last week that Cheltenham is huge in Ireland. I would argue that Eurovision is huger. Yeah. It's insanely popular over there because they won it so many times. We have score. We've had score sheets for years and years and years. Me and I've managed to get my kids into it. It's truly horrific and great. A bit like the archers, really. I bet you Cyrus would like it, Peter, if you got, if you, <laughs> you know, at some sort of, a, I don't know, he's maybe a bit young, but not not far into the future, you'll be able to introduce him and then you'll like it. Cause it's, he does like a sing song. Yeah. Uh, but you just made me realise, I, I was about to say like, oh, I, I don't, I'm not able to sort of enjoy that kind of so bad it's good phenomena. And then you just reminded me. You're doing a podcast about the arts. Exactly. So I was like, oh, maybe I... Personally, last year, a computer was ducking out into the hallway and making multiple phone votes for Spain. Do you remember their ass party? <laughs> I'm a real prude. 
I'm a, I'm real I'm a real prude. I'm like you know I'm most like the Dutch where I kind of def- will defend people's right to do whatever they want to the hilt, but I'm actually quite judgy when it comes to like excessive nudity or kind of like you know. What's your idea of excessive nudity? Is it like an ankle or something? Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, yeah, I I I, I yeah, curvy furniture is is a incredibly right I'm, I'm turn on exactly yeah. <laughs> That's way too much. I go off like a bottle rocket. (laughs) Speaking of furniture, I was thinking like the way Brian's going, you know, he's getting rid of all clutter. He doesn't want anything Mm. around him. He's going to be sitting in Blossom Hill Cottage in some sort of Nordic minimalist Zen type place, isn't he? And soon he'll just forget that Jennifer existed. There'll be no objects reminding him of her around him yes. other than the house he's actually sitting in but you know the 80 20 rule like 20 uh, percent of the effort gets you 80 percent of the the end product and the flip side it takes 80 percent of the effort to get the remaining 20 percent um and it's like it's like yes this boil in the bag lasagna is fairly mediocre but i haven't had to listen to jenny for uh, five days previously <laughs> to get it like I hit. I think he's going to be a very happy man. I'm really down on Jenny now. I'm sorry. This is. Get, I know I've said this every week, but I'm over it. Just please, can we? St- can Debbie go back to Hungary? Can Brian shack up with um, Joy, even if it's just once a week for a bit of a, a bit of a fumble, whatever. Anyway, he probably sounded like he had a fondness for her. I know he, all he was saying was, "Would you? Would you like a cup of tea or coffee?" I was in the middle of making one. I yeah. just thought he didn't have to say that, did he? He quite likes her company. And she was like, oh, yes, wittering on about her having bought loads of secondhand clothing over the years and cashmere sweaters and goodness knows what, getting a right thrill out of the fact that they're like a tenth of the cost that they would be. Just wittering nonsense, wasn't it? Chatty Cathy type stuff. But he quite enjoyed it. Like, uh, so Peggy, Peggy didn't like her. Peggy's an absolute asshole. Yeah. Helen and um, Lee uh, Lee's a bit nice to Helen. Um, Helen's been horrible to Joy, so Helen's an asshole. He's a twat. Yeah. David, uh, David's uh, rena- renaissance, his um, his return from being a dickhead from years to being actually quite a likable character the last few months started when he had his rapprochement with, when he when he sorry mm-hmm. when he saw the light and liked Joy. I think this mm-hmm. is an unimpeachable um, theory. If someone likes <gasps> yeah. Joy and is nice to Joy, they are a good character, and vice versa. Correct. Yeah. And I like Joy, so I'm great. And you like Brian. <laughs> oh, dear, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. It's not really like that, is it, Gary? Well, what you feel knows. towards Brian. It's sort of well, yeah, more, more basic. I don't know how I can still like Joy with the prospect of those two getting it on, straddling him on that wing-back chair. The electric <laughs> recliner that he's going to get. Yeah, this is all very metaphorical, isn't it? He wants things that are suiting him now. That's what he said, didn't he? He said those words. And he hates the house. He hates the house because it symbolises his failure. It's about he let Jenny down. And that house is the most tangible uh, example, apart from obviously the house they lost, of his failure. So he wants a shot of it. He described the cottage as wretched, didn't he? Yes. Mm. Mm. I bet it's probably quite nice. (laughs) 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 Yeah, relatively speaking to most people's homes. It's probably yeah. desirable, isn't it? It's one thing that's left to the imagination, isn't it, really, what the insides of their houses look like? Because I know the BBC posts up artwork of what Ambridge and the different farms like and houses look like, but and we mm. know what the actors look like. But well, the actors, you're happy to think that, for instance, Fallon looks like Natasha Van Campen, or however you're supposed to say her name. Mm-hmm. I always get it wrong. Did I get it wrong right this time? No, Joanna Van Campen. 
There you go. I always get it wrong. Um, but you, but you're happy to to think they look like the actors, um, aren't you? Whereas I, I find it quite irritating. I don't want to know what the houses look like. I don't want to be told. I've finally come round to Chris, who hasn't been in it for a while, by the way. Phew. I finally stopped seeing Mackenzie Crook from The Office when I hear Chris talking. <laughs> I've seen him in like Star Wars and stuff like that now, so I've kind of got my head around him being Chris. I can see it just. To me, they all look like the actors. Yeah, I'm totally fine with that. But some people don't don't like that, do they? I mean, the, the thing that I was trying to imagine today... It's simpler I th- that way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I thought about them, like Brian saying, wretched cottage, cottage, and then it cut... There was, I don't know if it was the same episode, but Clary was... She's always peeling vegetables, isn't she? Like, she's always having to peel some form of root vegetable or plant a root <laughs> vegetable or cook a root vegetable. I was just trying to imagine what their kitchen setup is. And what did you imagine? I imagined she tries to keep it methodically clean and Eddie comes in with dirty boots and f***s everything up. Yeah. In my mind, there's sort of socks everywhere and sort of, you know, cups that have got loads of tea stains inside left on windowsills. And I I think it's chaos. I think it's like my grand's old sort of like farmhouse kitchen where Mm. it's not an arga, but it's a range and it's like, manky old tiles it's no longer grout in between them it's kind of like you know just decades of dirt and you know the wood the wood is all kind of like has been five different colors in its lifetime it was just a very very old cottage you know and had never been redecorated so the all of the tiles and all of the wood was kind of like worn and miscolored and then recolored and yeah not 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 filthy and dirty just like incredibly hard worn and you know like like you're saying boots have been stomped in and out of it dogs everywhere yeah really sort of inappropriate objects in wrong places that's how i imagine you know like sort of there'll be a can of wd-40 sort of in the fridge <laughs> i don't <laughs> know gonna say that. did you do you know what i mean though like where people just dump stuff and poor old clary is definitely trying to keep it okay but it is and probably an error you know a clothes horse of washing right next to the little formica table i don't know just loads of stuff going on not brian's zen nordic nirvana that he's hoping for brian's like that vacuum i got off ebay no attachments (laughs) yeah i mean i i have to say kerry you ridiculed Mm. me a minute ago for trying to imagine what the grunge's kitchen looked like and then and then went off on a on a rant about what it looked like for five minutes yes i'm now imagining everyone's into well, I'll tell you what I was doing. I was imagining your two's interiors. I have been in yours, Matthew. I haven't visited Peter's home. I imagine Peter's no. to be uh, very, lots of quite clear surfaces. Uh, but No. But, <laughs> but really good objects on them. No, no sort of terrible thing. Oh, right. Okay. Some uh, it's, kids it's stuff around. Absolute but... shithole. No, um, it's not. Every single surface is covered in just endless shite. We haven't moved in properly yet. Um, and we have a toddler. Are you sure? Yeah, honestly, it's very untidy. Does it mess with your mental health, like untidiness? It does with me. I, 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 I get all twitchy. Yeah. The, the thing is, we moved in and then, um, and then just, you know, people have been visiting. We haven't had time. Um, but life has been busy. But anyway. Anyway, that was kitchen chat uh, on the side of shed. Um, (laughs) Someone on Twitter did say, will we have a jingle for cheese chat? And I was like, don't tempt us. We import two thirds of our cheese. That is a disgrace. 
Well, if it come back, if it comes back next week, maybe Matthew and I can work on a on a cheese okay. chat jingle. We, I don't think we do jingles for one-offs. Do you think when actual punters come to the window for cheese chat, it's going to be milked hey, to the to the hilt? You know, are they going to be? Are we going to hear people asking questions and Clary and Susan really sort of not being able to deal with it? They're not allowed to chat, are they? Helen has said they can't have oh. chit chat. I saw that. No talking. How did you fucking mm. float that idea at the meeting, you fucking Nazi? It's probably against the law, isn't it? Helen is against the law. <laughs> it, it, surely it's against the law to tell your staff they're not allowed to talk to each other while they're working. <laughs> when I, We had a staff handbook when I was a chef at Harvey Nichols, and there was a section called Fraternisation, and it said while... Um, while interwork relationships are encouraged, taking it beyond that is frowned upon. Doesn't really work with chefs and the wait staff, you know. Was it a ham book? That's a uh, tumbleweed moment, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, send me those bells, Peter. <laughs> Get them in there. Um, should we chuck an ad in and then uh, do a little bit of a media roundup? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, come and find us and have a right little play at the Sidershed Pod on the Twitters. We're doing super well there. And we've got, let me tell you, oh, 3,229 followers now. So it's increasing still daily. Uh, we don't have any new reviews this week. So if you do fancy giving us a five star review, the instructions on how to do so are always attached to every episode and we would love it. And it helps us enormously if you do that. Thank you. Our Instagram or Jimstagram, as Peter now wants it to be known, <laughs> is the same as Twitter at the Cider Shed Pod. 790 followers, just shy of 800. Although one of those does seem to be a sex bot who I'm now going to block. <laughs> 
And yeah, yeah. Uh, someone got in touch. Who was it? Was it Vincent? Let me have a look. He said, George is back in all caps on the 22nd of March episode. I feel like that's the first appearance in 2023. No Tracy or Jazzer for that matter. Do we think it's been that long since we last heard from George? Ooh. Possible, I guess. It was a surprise to hear him, wasn't it? And it was, like we said before we started recording, it was nice to just to sprinkle a little bit of George and Chelsea into the mm. week. Yeah, we barely, we didn't even mention Chelsea, did we? Ah, yes. She showed up, didn't she, at the end, like knocked on the door and Jim let her in. She was like, all right, Jim, I brought that hydrogen peroxide from the hairdressers you wanted. I thought he was going <laughs> to blow the Anyway, we've got a Facebook group called The Cider Shed Podcast. I thought Chelsea was going to, just very quickly, was going to make his social media fire and just stay in there with him and just like go, wow, and it would just go ding, 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 get loads of hits and be amazing. I was very relieved that didn't happen. What she said to him, can you dance? Can you do pranks? Are you famous? And then she told him his top hat, which David um, fantasised about knocking off his head. Uh, it's kind of a letdown i wonder what he's going to do next then oh yeah that's a good point what is he going to do she was saying tune into the things you're good at what what is he going to do with that not the first time chelsea's that family tumbleweed yourself matthew (laughs) (laughs) that wasn't that bad what no it was just i was just no, it wasn't bad. It was just like such a massive gear change. It was kind of like, you know, it's sort of like it was sort of whimsically. about Jim and then suddenly. To, is it, yeah, then you, and you come like with, with both feet. You Graham soonest us with a. <laughs> suddenly we're imagining Chelsea and Ben shaggy. Yeah. Thanks, Matthew. That's yeah. right. You're welcome. Yeah, we'll see, won't we? What Jim will do. Um, I don't. I think last week we forgot to say thank you to our um, Patreon contributors. Um, it's hugely appreciated. Uh, makes a massive, massive difference to us. So getting this done every week keeps our morale topped up. Um, and yeah, if you want to give us a hand, then please go to patreon.com forward slash the cider shed. It, it's hugely appreciated, as I just said. It's not a hand, really. It's money. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Kenny Higgs sorry, uh, said um, <laughs> so it was was I think it was Kenny anyway was uh, was sticking the boot into people um, on Twitter saying. Don't say that you need it for upkeep. Don't say you need it for the running of the show. Just say you want the money and yeah. you're grateful. There you it. go. And that's, that's me, exactly. me and Kenny, we message each other a lot. So I love that I'm in tune with his sensibilities there. The most honest thing that we did was when we said, like, we actually spend a shitload of time doing this thing. We've got a new patron who I can just only seem to be known as Ryan, but he became a patron this week. So thanks very much to him. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and if you want to send us an email or anything, um, it's hello at the cidershed.com. Send- no one does. Any- no, they don't. They don't very often. I don't think they, they think we're very reactive to the email, but we can be. Send us an email. No, we, we, we've pretty much always responded to the emails. It's just that um, all, of our, all of our traction, all of our interaction happens on social media these days, which I guess is true to life. Yeah. We get big old DM oh. slides. Yeah, most of it comes through that. Um, there's no football yeah. chat this week because it's international break. Mm. Peter, try to hide your disappointment there. Oh no, I really want to hear about how I'm <laughs> shit. Well, I mean, you know, if you if I hold my phone upside down, you're champions. Thank Wait. you. <laughs> oh, what do you mean, like people 
might see in Australia. Yes, well, Kerry is still my outro. Yeah, um, so Kerry might or might not be around for the next three weeks. Last week, I tried to do this and say, uh, we'll see what happens, technology permitting. She might be on the show, she might not be. But just on the off chance that we can't make it work, Kerry, have an amazing time. Um, I hope you, you know, like, well, just have an amazing time. Yeah, just having, you know, like having two weeks off of life, let alone going to Australia. That's quite nice, isn't it? Where you just don't work. You don't have to think about anyone else. One week till the Easter holidays. (laughs) I'm looking forward to that. And I'm going to Australia. So, yeah, it's one of those. I can't get my head around the fact that I am going to Sydney at all on a 22 hour flight. Imagine. Have you done long mm. haul much? Maybe. Uh, oh, you yeah, have because you lived in America, didn't you? But I used to go backwards and forwards to Australia quite a lot. Yeah. Ah, cool. Okay. Malaysian Airlines, funnily enough. Fiji's my longest, and that was absolutely brutal. Oh, no. Yeah. Have you got any tips? Uh, I, I just um, don't eat. Don't? Apparently, they reckon that's a better way to get over jet lag is because the body gets confused about when you start taking fuel. For 22 fuel. hours? Obviously, you're going to eat. I just said it for it. just said it to get you kind of murderous, Kerry. <laughs> I think just enjoy it. 22 hours sat still with a book lovely i know we've got we've got stuff downloaded i've got podcasts to listen to i've got audio books yeah imagine sitting still for 22 hours yeah anyway so i might see you next week no not next week i'll be dead but um the week after who knows i'll i'll put summer in some sort of content from me in Australia will happen. Well, we'll make sure it's still here when you get back anyway, Kerry, whatever happens. Can you give me your best Aussie accent? Ripper? No, that was bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. trying to think of an Australian word. I don't know. <laughs> oh, f*** knows. What do they say in Australia? That's, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, stop the boats. Stop the boats, mate, would you? Stop the boats, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Cobber. Anyway, with that, with that topical gag... I shall bid everyone farewell. (laughs) Have a lovely evening. Yeah. And uh, we'll see you all next week. See you on the other side. See everyone. Bye. Hang on.